When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the unofficial 40, Soonerscoop.com's very official recruiting podcast featuring Soonerscoop.com recruiting publisher, Josh McQuistian. Get your recruiting fix from the leader in Sooner Recruiting. It's the unofficial 40 with your hosts, Soonerscoop.com publishers, Gary Murdoch and Josh McQuistian. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40. We are back from Kansas. We're getting ready to hit the road tomorrow to go to Des Moines. And then I Ames, Iowa after that for Iowa State on Thursday night. And we welcome in Josh McQuistian, who is joining us from his home base. Josh, how are you doing today? Doing great, guys. Uh, envious of that trip to Ames. Shut up. Uh, Eddie Radosevich and Joe Duvall are here as well. Eddie and Joe just got back from Basketball Media Day. Went for the cookies. Were they good? Always. Yeah. They have the best chocolate chip M&M cookies yeah, they do at media day, Ever. don't they? And it's only at basketball media day. It's really weird. It's only at basketball media. Those are like the only times I see those cookies all year, and I had two of them. They were awesome. The basketball team does know how to take care of the media. So, uh, any revelations? <laughs> no. But it was kind of interesting. Uh, it was just weird. I don't know. It, I don't know if it was weird for you, Joe, but just being around the basketball team and not seeing Buddy, Isaiah, and Ryan Spangler out uh talking or you know any anything to do with the program so it was really really strange and it's going to be really strange i think once the season starts even that they're just not there anymore yeah it's a weird transition feeling you're not quite sure what this team is yet you're you're so used to the identity being buddy healed and then you have isaiah cousins and ryan spangler and then jordan woodard at the point those kind that was your core and now it's just i mean you have jordan woodard's back but then a whole lot of unknowns and new faces. And, uh, you know, it was kind of almost exciting. You could see the guys knew that each and every one of them were going to have more opportunities, and they all kind of had an excitement to them, which was nice. Were you guys big Breaking Bad fans? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to hear something I did on Ryan Spangler one time? Would love to. Uh, He sounds just like Walt Jr. from Breaking Bad. Ryan Spangler does when he talks. Does he? Yeah. Here, I'll give you an example. Here. Here are these, both of them back-to-back. Hey, can you call me like in two minutes? Thanks. Bye. Two-game tournament this week. Um, Focus on the first one. Yeah, we were wondering if you could do us a favor and buy us a six-pack. I think it's a little bit of both. They uh, they run the shot clock down, you know, and then get shots they want. They uh, they run the offense well, so they get open (laughs) shots. He does. Ready to give up. What if you gave up on me, huh? You know, all, all their big guys that come in are great. You know, they're, ath- they're athletic. It's uh, a bridge creek. You can't let them beat you, <laughs> let them get easy shots. You gonna finish apple juice? You're, you're supposed to drink it. No, the nurse said you have to stay hydrated. You know, it's fun to battle with them. Uh, I lost some today. Uh, you know, I'll work on that. Try not to let them get easy baskets like that. That's awesome. <laughs> he does a little bit. Sorry. 
I'm sorry, you couldn't hear that greatness, Josh. But yeah, he sounds exactly like Walt Jr. Don't have him anymore. It's a sad day. A it, sad realization. Where is where is he? J- Japan? China, Japan. I think, I think he signed a really good deal somewhere. Oh, yeah. He's making good money. I think it is Japan. He's Maybe he's rooming with... Uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, who's Amoth Enbai. Oh, isn't, yeah. Isn't he, he over in Japan? I think he is. Uh, and, you know... I think th- he should room with Tuco or something. Oh, Tuco Salamanca. Tuco would be awesome to room with. <laughs> he would be dead. You'd be up tight all day. Minutes. Tight, 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 tight. Oh, God. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, so is, like, Christian James, is he all the talk? Like, is it basically... Yeah. Is he capable of stepping up to be your leading scorer? Yeah, I, I, I asked Christian James. I said, you know, you probably have the biggest shoes to fill in the entire country. Do you feel that pressure? And uh, he seemed confident. I mean, he said, I'm never going to shy away from anything. But then one of the things I really, really like about Christian James that people might not know is that he is incredible on the defensive side of the ball. And when I asked him, I'm going to do something later because I asked a few guys, you know, who they, um, who they take their game after. He said Kawhi Leonard. Christian James did. I thought that was a very telling answer mm. to kind of his mentality and how he approaches the game. I did like how uh, Lon kind of forced him in last year. Yeah, to kind of, you could yeah. tell he was like, "This is going to be our guy. We have to." Even in the final, even in big games, you know, on the stretch run to the final four, they were forcing him into the game. Just kind of like, "We need this not to be too big for you next year." It's going to be a little different, I think, and just in that you know everybody's so used to. Oh, you being the perimeter team throwing up a bunch of threes, and one thing that I did think that was interesting talking uh, or listening to Long Kruger talk was uh, they're really going to try and I don't know if pound the ball inside is the right term, but they are going to use guys inside, and I think that you're going to see a little bit of a uh, advanced offensive style of play from Kadeem Latin and uh, and maybe even Jamuni McNeese. So yeah, it, it's, I want to. I mean, yeah, Latin. I have to see that. I mean, before I believe yeah, that. I mean, right. with him, the potential is definitely there. Just what we, me and Joe saw from practice, though, the one time that I think we we, we went, you did see him trying to step out, shoot a little bit more, and and get his back to the basket a little bit. But yeah, I agree with you, Carrie. It's going to be something that we're going to have to uh, kind of wait and see. And uh, you know, I, I think that everybody that expects this team to. Uh, I don't well. I guess I don't know if there's anybody that expects this team to uh, to be back in a Final Four situation this year, but uh, they're still going to be a good team and a reason to get down to the Lloyd Noble Center. It's going to be a very competitive now, team. Joe, is there were, were guys playing the disrespect card, being six in the Big Twelve, no, and not being in the top twenty-five? No, none of that. It was a lot of the you know we don't pay attention to that stuff. Why mm-hmm. worry about that stuff? Yeah. Not even care about that stuff. Whatever. Which you know you know those guys are thinking we just went to a Final Four. Why are we not in the top twenty-five? It. We're in the final four last year, but we're not in the top four of our conference this year. Come on! But they didn't—they didn't put out any of that. They—they they did all the right things and said the the right things for that. All right. So, welcome to the podcast. There's your basketball talk for the day. Uh, as I said, Josh McQuistion joining us as well. I actually put up a thread on the board. Uh, I wanted to take. So we've never really taken questions during the podcast. So I appreciate everybody. We got a lot of questions in a really short amount of time. And a lot of people have recruiting questions, which is great because uh, we'll let Josh talk when we talk recruiting. Because I feel like, Josh, we just make you sit there all the time. It's it's kind of like, you know, I just get to get come out of my cage for a little while, stretch my legs, and then I, you know, I go back in and have to be quiet for a little while. It's kind of like your life at home, isn't it? It's exactly like my life Does at home. Does your wife wear the pants? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, I, I'm... 
I, I'm just not that guy. Like, I don't get. I guess I don't get wound up enough to be the one that because I notice like to steer the ship. I've noticed like on Facebook, like you get dragged out to you know happy fun Sundays and stuff with the family, and you're always taking pictures and. Oh, here we you, are. We we made it to the beach. It's our fun day at the beach with the family. You'll notice how often I'm not in those pictures. I'm like, let me take it. I'll take the picture. I don't want to. Laney and Tiffany can do that. I have no interest in being the star of those pictures. I, I am. I'm morally opposed to all picture taking. Was last night the first uh, like go around on Halloween with Laney? Yeah, she. Last year we did some different stuff with her. Just kind of like. Um, did you X-ray all the candy? Your wife Heck has no, access no, to that I, stuff. No, I'm not that dad. I, you know, she's her life may be in danger. I can't guarantee. Um, <laughs> Toughen up, Buttercup. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've just never been that. Like that. I, I've I, that's been pretty much my policy is uh, poor parenting. If I parent poorly, she's going to be a more resilient child. Is the way I look at it. So that that's I try to do as little as possible, and I think it's making her a better kid. It's kind of like the Al Ashback theory. It's just. Just go through life pretending like you can't do anything, and everyone will take care of you. He does that. <laughs> like, Eddie can appreciate this. Like, if if you send Al on a plane with a piece of electronic equipment... It's not getting... It's you're not, probably not it's getting, not getting there. there. It's not operating while it's there, and it's not coming back. We have, uh, we have a couple times been on uh, road games where it's... Uh, we turn into the sports animal chauffeur. Uh, uh, yeah, you've noticed we haven't done that in a while. I think the last time that was happened that Morgantown? was West Virginia yeah. four years ago. That was the first time that we went up there, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was, hey, can you go pick up Al at his hotel? He can't get to the game. And it ended up being like 25 miles the other direction. Yeah. That was fun, though. <laughs> I will say car rides with Al are pretty fun. He's fun if you just you know hang out with him, but if you're responsible for like you know making sure his... He's not disconnecting his phone line. Yeah. Like, it's like, I remember we had to go to some bar on campus, and I really enjoyed the bar because it was all waitresses and, like, yoga pants. Oh, and the like West Virginia one? uniforms, yeah. That place was exactly what I thought just Morgantown would be. shows everywhere. And just, and people smoking everywhere. Just, it was awesome. You love Morgantown. I do. I think Morgantown is a pretty cool place. They get down. I got offered uh, moonshine jello shots while in Morgantown. Did you do it? No, I was on call, but that, that's the kind of place it is. Also, a doctor, they, too? We don't know about it? They, they carry around cases of beer by the handle, like the box of them in Morgantown, which it, I, I couldn't that's believe. That's interesting. So what, they just pop one open and drink it, and then when it's empty, they just go to another one? That's what I saw. There were like, literally five people in a row in a train walking down the street, just all holding their own 30 rack of whatever. <laughs> with a hole cut out of the top. Oh, I see. They're carrying the boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and a then they just, box. Yeah, I've seen they that. Did, they they just reach down they, in there. And they didn't them. want to get a cooler. They didn't want to mess with any of that nonsense. Straight from the gas station to the field. Well, it's and it's usually cold enough to where you don't need a right. Sure, a, need a cooler. West Virginia is everything that I would think it is as a college town. Yeah, it seems it's pretty cool. Uh, but unfortunately, we're going to Ames tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Actually, I think like Ames outside is cool. the stadium, it's pretty cool. Like pe- you, people are getting down outside, it, and there'll be a huge crowd. That place will be sold out tomorrow night. Yeah, there, be it's a, a reason to drink on a Thursday. There will be people out there, especially in Iowa. And like when we went to the Insight Bowl 
and play, you know, in Oklahoma played Iowa. Those people were insane. Do you like people from Iowa are just insane? Do you remember trying to drive into that uh, parking lot and it was like right our media parking at the uh, Inside Bowl was like in the middle of Iowa's fan uh, parking, like fan tailgate parking, and yeah, we literally we literally had to dodge. I mean, probably fifty grills. I mean, people were just cooking. I think people were actually cooking out of their cars. They might have been. It was awesome, though. That, I mean, just they had were it on the radiator. They were, yeah, they were nice people. Oh yeah, but they got down. Yeah, man. I mean, well, and you I, guys think about it. If it's cold and it's isolated, what the hell else do you do? You drink like the. the I, I mean, it's not coincidence that you guys are talking about West Virginia and Iowa and it snows as a places lot Iowa. where they party hard. Find someone to stay warm with for the night. Exactly. Well, yeah, and West Virginia invented moonshine because it's so desolate. They're the inventors. Like, we need something yeah. more powerful than anything else out there. If that's Let's a, just drink pure alcohol. If that's a night game, we might have to look into a Scoop HD tailgate edition. I've got no doubt on Carrie. Eddie, Joe, are you guys moonshine? Have you been down that road? I've drank it before. I don't think I've ever tried it. <laughs> I've done it like Everclear, but I don't think that's the same thing. I That'll honestly have never. I mean, I'm just such a. I know I have the reputation of Mr. Whiskey or whatever, but I've never had like real moonshine. Like there's the stuff you can get the peach flavored crap mm-hmm. at the liquor store. I've had that stuff, but I mean like real West Virginia moonshine. No, never had it. I've. I'm trying to think where I had. Oh, I had uh, we had it at that Rivals Publishers Conference that one time. Yeah, but that was Pittsburgh. at a restaurant. That wasn't. I guess that wasn't technically moonshine. Well, that was in Atlanta. Oh, that was in Atlanta. That's right. That was the first five star. Oh, that we yeah. ever had. And they served moonshine with our dinner. Yeah, but I don't think that was. I don't think restaurants could serve legally like real, real moonshine. moonshine. I'm trying to think. Oh it, no, the the. The, the proof would just be way too yeah. high. Yeah. There's no way you could legally sell that. I need some Whatever good. liquor commission or whatever. I had a buddy that did some oil field or oil like coal stuff out there and he brought some back and that was, I mean, literally, like you hear the, that could take the chrome off a bumper. Like it feel, it's got that kind of punch. It's, it's crazy. All right. Uh, well, we're going to Ames. I, I told you guys we put all these, 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 uh, we put up a post telling people, hey, ask us some questions. We're getting ready to do a podcast. We've never really done that before. The best question I've seen so far, I haven't updated. I mean, people are really bringing these in quickly. Um, okay, let's talk about this one first. Because I don't know what the hell is going on in Tennessee. But it seems like it's a mess. And now, did this start like Jalen Hurd's uncle? or handler or something went on a message board to say that he's leaving Tennessee and going to go play another position. His uncle did. He, or, I mean, it's, it's reportedly his uncle. And I, I, I expect like not a handler thing, like actually his uncle. So he put something up on some message board. It got screenshotted and then it got kind of put around everywhere. And then I think Heard just went ahead and went through with it. Cause I mean, at that point the cat was out of the bag. And that was like on Sunday night when that happened. And then Eddie and I are sitting at Bob Sue's press conference. He's right behind me videoing. And I hear Butch Jones on my phone announcing that he's transferring. Like, it happened within 24 hours. There's nothing like a good Tennessee meltdown. They're pretty good. And this is it's a full-blown meltdown. This, right will, this makes uh, four in a row coaches that they've had a rough ending with, right? Fulmer, then Kiffin, then Dooley. Yep. And now they have Butch Jones. 
it's a nice. Uh, and nice- Butch Jones is really the only one that has, I mean, got them excited about recruiting and got recruits excited. And I mean, it seems to me. I mean, I think Kiffin would have had a good class, wouldn't he, if he hadn't have bolted? Well, Kiffin got Bryce Brown, who was the number one guy That's in the right, country yeah. that year. I mean, like he he got some pieces, but like he didn't put. You know, and obviously he wasn't there very long, so it's not like he had a lot of chance to build consecutive groups. But yeah, he he was doing pretty well, and then he jumped for SC, and then the wheels came off, and then they hired Derek Dooley, and it just completely fell apart. And the first question I saw on the board that piqued my interest is, what are you hearing on Jalen Hurd to OU? And my first thought was, nothing. My second thought was, I don't really like Jalen Hurd as a running back all that much. The upright style... Yeah, he, he's. I mean, he's got a lot of talent and ability, and I mean, there are things about him to like as a football player. It, mainly, though, that he's just fast. You know what he is. I mean, he's he's not someone you're going to get and expect a whole lot more to come out of him. He's somebody who's, uh, like you said, he's an upright runner. Uh, he's a straight line guy. He's not. He doesn't have the wiggle of a guy like Kamara on that team, for example. No. Uh, you know, he's to me, he's not too dissimilar as we were talking about a little before the show of like Rodney Anderson. And I kind of thought, well, if Anderson for some reason. He can't come back because of his neck. They might look into it, but I—he's I, a good receiver yeah, out but, of the backfield. And now, yeah, you're hearing he might play receiver at whatever school he goes to. So I, I don't know exactly. I mean, I'm not hearing anything with Jalen Hurd. Well, in that post that I'm talking about, that uncle he talked about whatever school Jalen was going to go to, like tied in with something he really wanted to look into. So I, I got to give the kid credit for knowing what he is. Like yeah. he's not a, a an NFL running back, but with his big frame and his athleticism. He could do something else. I mean, you guys that move like that with his size, those aren't hard. Or excuse me, those aren't easy to come by. So it's similar to like Trey Burton out of Florida, right? Who plays tight end now for the Eagles. It would be exactly. something like that, yeah. But he'd he'd sit out for a year and then have one year. If he go, yeah. If he goes major, yeah. Unless, I mean, he's, he can't, he can't go I could see him route. going to like you know. This has Arkansas State written all Tennessee over Tennessee Martin or something. Yeah. Yep. Can, can he graduate and leave early? I don't and do that or. Has he been if, he, out if that's available to him, I mean, he's a true junior, though, so he's yeah, not. You know, tough. it would have to. He would really have had to do his coursework on a pretty accelerated rate. Yeah, you know, Deshaun Watson's doing that. Somebody asked him, "Is that going to be the new future of guys graduating in three years and leaving early?" And Deshaun Watson said, "I don't think so, because it's really hard to do." So, I, yeah, you're right. I don't. If it's been, if it's just a junior, I would doubt it. Yeah. Uh, back to the questions. Um, you want to go, Josh? You want to start out recruiting, or you want to go team first? I, it doesn't matter, man. It, it's dealer's choice. Well, you're the dealer. Right. I'm the dealer. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's do some recruiting. You know, we've we've talked basketball and team stuff, and you know, drinking moonshine in West Virginia. So Eddie has he picked, it up. Eddie has not picked an opponent to fight yet today. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, update on Rambo. This is from. Uh, I guess we should say where these are coming from because uh, people like credit. Uh, the Miracle Man ninety says update on Rambo. And where do they go? Should he flip? If Rambo does flip, is there concern over anyone else in the class bolting? Well, I know that unlike Jalen Rager, you know, we heard when the Rager thing, you know, when he took that visit to TCU, almost immediately I was hearing OU was concerned. They weren't having a lot of communication with him. There, there was a lot of, and it wasn't so much that Jalen was telling them things were going bad. It was that he wasn't saying anything. And I think over a week or two, they started feeling better again. And then all of a sudden, we knew who that turned out, or excuse me, we know how that turned out. But with Rambo, I know he was in touch with Oklahoma Sunday night. So, and I've talked to, uh, excuse me, Charleston just a little bit. 
he won't tip his hand. He's not saying much. I mean, I, there's clearly more to it than he had let into coming. You know, coming into the weekend, he was telling me, oh, I don't plan to flip, and it's all good. I think there's clearly something going on, but I don't get the impression that he's made his decision, I'm going to flip, I'm going to TCU. And you have to think TCU's performance, and Kenny Hill in particular, has to give OU some hope. You know, with Baker Mayfield and Dede Westbrook doing what they're doing, and TCU's offense kind of imploding last weekend, that I, I, I think there is hope for Rambo. I really do. But I will say, I don't think he is directly connected to anyone. His biggest connection was to Jalen Rager. So I think that, I don't think there's a lot of overlap there. Rambo's buddies with Chris Robinson, but Chris Robinson's not going anywhere. Josh, I guess my question is, what is TCU telling Jalen Rager and Charles, Charleston Rambo to make them switch from Oklahoma, who's having a better season, will have a better quarterback, is having a receiver have a better season than anybody on TCU is having? What, is it just the stay-at-home thing? What, what is TCU telling these guys? I don't know of anything else that works, Joe. Like, I can't think of any. Like, I will say I know, and I'd heard it probably maybe a week or two before Rager took that trip to TCU, that they were selling really hard on the idea of Rager, Rambo, and Omar Manning being part of a wide receiver class together. Now, I think TCU's played this really smartly because they went and got Rager, who, you know, we've talked about it, has all the connections to TCU. Well, then he's buddies with Rambo. They committed on the same day. They pretty much decided together they were going to announce to Oklahoma. So then you kind of start pulling on Rambo's string. And with Manning, I think Manning was just a situation where he didn't know where he stood with Oklahoma for the longest time. And I don't think he could, in good conscience, pick Texas right now. So he went with TCU. They're home. He's buddies with Rager. He knows those guys. And they're all friends. And so I think that's kind of where that played out. But other than home, I don't know. Like I said, I've said it for a few weeks now. I can understand a lot of guys flipping. This one, with where TCU's at offensively, I I don't understand it. I just don't get it. So I guess to answer that that guy's question, at the very least, if you're an Oklahoma fan, the fire looks to be burning out with Rambo, even if it extends that far. It's not going to continue on much further beyond that. That, that's where I would see it. I mean, I know uh, I actually, and I, we put something in the scoop on Friday about Kenneth Murray getting a TCU offer on Friday morning, and I had somebody say, you know, contact him, see what you're hearing, blah, blah, blah. So I reached out to him, and he laughed about it. You know, really, you're worried about that? And he goes, no, nah, man, I'm a 100,000% I'm a committed to OU or something. And Kenneth, you hear a lot of kids say crap. Kenneth's the kind of kid, though, man, if, he, if he's saying that, he means it. And that's just kind of where it's at. Like, this is – TCU has found a very particular niche. They have a something they can pull at Oklahoma with because there's two local receivers that they can say, hey, we're local, we're home, we had Josh Doxson last year, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And th- so I think it feels a lot bigger than it actually is because there's almost nobody else in the class that would consider TCU over OU for a minute. Maybe they're really selling them on the uh, possibility and chances of – Winning like four Alamo Bulls in a row, all in big comebacks. The Alamo Bowl, by the way, has been like to every OU game this year. That's not good. That means that we're no. I mean, that, that, that means look, OU's probably Bowl, going to the Alamo Bowl. Well, no. What the Alamo Bowl hasn't had OU, they are now the second best bowl for the Big Twelve after the Sugar Bowl. Yuck. That's just where the Big Twelve is, man. I, I mean, it's better than the Holiday Bowl. The Holiday yeah, Bowl. That's true. Although a great location, it was a sucky bowl. Yeah. And I, as we know, like 
like the, now the Russell Athletic Bowl being the third bowl, that's embarrassing. That's, that's bad. That's yeah. even more yuck. Because that in I didn't even let you go last time. No, I was I'm, like, I'm glad that I didn't. we I was like, I am not spending two thousand dollars for us to go watch a team that's going to get its heads kicked in by Clemson, which ex- is was exactly what happened. Yeah. A Deshaun say, Watson. Oh, you didn't let the players go. Yeah, a Deshaun Watson less Clemson. Oh, they man. still kicked their heads in. That was that was a gross, gross game. And I was. Can anyone even name Clemson's quarterback that night? What was that guy's name? Oh shoot, it was some sort of like Cole, like Chad, yeah, Chad or nice. Cole or something. oh yeah, it was a Cole. Was it Staub or something like that? Then That's his, close, Joe. Then his I dad played that, Clemson. That tells you where that dude was. Yeah. I think he was their third string guy too. Yeah, his TD interception ratio was like one to three or something before playing in that game. Well, yeah. he would have had to have been because wasn't that? Wouldn't that have been the year that Chad Kelly got booted off the team? That sounds right. That and was, then he went yeah, to yeah. East Mississippi and then ended up at Ole Miss. What, yeah. What was Chad Kelly's rapper name? Cole Stout. That's the Cole kid's Stout. Name. Cole, Cole Stout. Stout. He had a, just a career day. The Seth Deegee type day, if you will. Yeah. His only career day. Well, that's right in line with uh, with most quarterbacks when they play uh, the Oklahoma defense. <laughs> they 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 find themselves having a career afternoon. I don't know why it is that I'm waiting till the podcast starts to start answering questions on the board. And Eddie knows the story behind this, and it's <laughs> like okay, Sooner fifty five. I think we all Josh he knows this. Like we've been kind of oil and water for a long time on the boards. Like I don't. He seems like a nice enough guy. He's very inquisitive. Uh, he he loves to ask questions, and, and that's what we want. You know, for people that love the site so much, they yell at us. I mean, I think I consider that a win. I know people are like, that's a weird thing to say, but you know what? If if you like our site so much that you hate me, I'm willing to to say that's a win. You're a bad cop. That, that's your that's your job in this but world like, is to be my, bad Super cop. Super 55 asked me about Gabe Campbell the other day, and this was on Monday. This mm-hmm. was yesterday. God, that seems like a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he said, ask Bob at his press conference if Gabe Campbell is still on the team. And so I'm just going to tell the story on the podcast. And I just, I just kind of tried to answer. Eddie knows like the situation. I said, Eddie, he wants to know. And I told him what happened. I said, I can't really give him an answer yet, but I'm, I've looked in. This is kind of how everything goes. Like, nothing is ever, I think people think everything is just like, you, you find, you, if, if you need to know something, you ask something, and then you get the answer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always work like that. It never works it like that. It never works like that. Josh, you can attest to this in recruiting. It's like, why isn't this kid coming to campus, or why did he, de- you know, why did he choose another school? There's never an easy answer. It's... And if there is, no one's going to buy it. I mean, it's not like, well, he liked that school better. I don't want to cuss this early, but, you know, it's like, BS. There has to be something else behind it. What was it? And on the Gabe Campbell, like, Eddie noticed that he wasn't even dressed out. I didn't even Saturday. see him Saturday. Didn't see him Saturday. And so Bob finished his press conference, and I snuck over to him. I said, hey, Bob, I just had a quick question. It's, it wasn't really press conference worthy. Uh, I, w- I just wanted to find out if Gabe Campbell's still on the team. And Bob said, uh, yeah, he's still on the team. Like, kind of like, that was his base default answer was yes. Like, like, like that's kind of weird hey, that you're Bob, how's asking. your day going? Yes, it's going. And yeah, it really was. Like, that's a strange... Like, you could see the, the wheels spinning. Like, 
Yes, he's still on the team. As he was wondering, like, okay, why is Carrie asking this? me yeah. this? And if I'm asking, that's the thing. Like, if I'm asking him a question, he knows I probably know something, which I didn't in this case. It was just a simple question. Like, is Gabe Campbell still on the team? And he's like, yeah, he's still on the team. I said, okay, well, you know, we, we just didn't spot him on the field on Saturday. And he looked at me and he said, you know what? Because it's you, I'm going to double check and I'm going to get back to you. And so I'm just, I haven't, ha- he hasn't double checked or gotten back to me yet. So it's one of those things like, yes, I think he's still on the team, but that also shows you that he's really not in the plans. I mean, and I think that's the ultimately what everybody wants to know yeah. because you're down so many defensive linemen. If the head coach, you know, if there's a chance that you're so little involved in what the defense is doing that I can make a, a coach question whether he might still be on the team or not, like that says something about how soon you're going to see Gabe Campbell on the field. I think there's also this idea that which I know that sounds really bad, and I don't want to... If you... I'm going to tell you, you're a jackass if you try and make a big deal of, why doesn't Bob Stoops know about his own players? Like That's what I was just getting ready to say. Is there is very little doubt that... I'd say... I think it was uh, Greg McElwain... Or not Greg McElwain, but uh, the Florida coach. Uh, McElwain. Jim McElwain. Jim McElwain. He didn't even know his kicker's name. His starting kicker's name when he was at Colorado State. Well, and it made me question, like... You know, all these poor... like. Everybody was so happy for Devin Montgomery after he scored the touchdown. Like, that's... They know that kid. Like, everybody knows that kid. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a scout team player. You can tell everybody likes him. The coaches like him. Like, I don't... You know, when they used to have the Red Room and we could go in there, we could see, like, scout team players of the week on the wall. And so, I guess that's up in the Red Room now. I've, I would imagine that I'd Devin... i take a gander at it every once in a while. Okay. I would imagine that Devin Montgomery has been a scout team player of the week. Uh, maybe multiple times. I don't know about this year, but... I know that there's been a lot of. Uh, I mean, Kenneth Mann was one of the scout team players of the week early in the year, and he's was getting he? PT right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm trying. I mean, of course, Ryan Broyles was scout team of the year when he mm-hmm. was suspended. But what I'm yeah. saying is, I'm trying to make up a long way of saying there are definitely kids on that team that that none of the coaches know who they are or what their names are. They are a number on the practice field. Well, it's like Mike Gundy called Ramon Richards number 18 for like two years. Mm-hmm. And now he's his best defensive back. Yeah. They didn't even know how to pronounce Samaj P. Ryan's name correctly on signing day. I mean, it's, it's, this is a lot of You're people me. in their personnel to know about. I mean, it was Dana Holgerson who I don't think he knew his kicker's name or they'd never talked before in person. We haven't even talked about Samaj P. Ryan. Even Kale Gundy, his own position, position coach, coach, recruited him the whole know. time. Look, there are details that I don't think we could understand, certainly fans not understand, and all the stuff, Josh, that that coaches have to do. Like, There's a reason Nick Saban has such a huge staff. It's because he can't have his finger on everything. And there's a reason OU's staff has been getting bigger and probably still needs to be bigger to this day, Josh. Oh, yeah. You know, you add in – you guys are just talking about team stuff. When you add recruiting and scouting and, you know, not only just – and when I, when I talk about scouting, people always think, oh, recruiting. No, you're scouting your next opponent. You're scouting yourself. You're doing all these other things. Like, Bob can't have his hand in all that. He, it, It's like a 
He's like a CEO of a company. He needs someone he can trust who's going to give him the highlights of all these things. Okay, Bob, we need you to talk this week to Marvin Wilson, Jeff Akuda, you know, wh- whoever are the few guys that are right there at the top of your list. Okay, that's that's Bob's part of recruiting. Okay, now we're going to move on to, okay, we've got these few disciplinary things. This is no big deal. You know, you have to go down all those lists. Bob can't be intrinsically involved in every aspect of the team. There's just not enough hours in the day. And I know there's going to be people out there, I'm going to say it, we're going to say it again, that that think that Bob's not doing his job or that uh, that that he's slipping because he he doesn't know a guy's name. This guy, is, he's like a fifth-string guy. No one cares about him. Devo- Literally, no one cares about him. <laughs> Devontae Lampkin came back from suspension and immediately jumped over him. I mean, it, it, yeah. that told you all you really needed to know about what Gabe came And the other thing is, here's something, like, Eddie and I were walking across uh, the park, the, the athletic dorm parking lot, and we saw Dalton Rodriguez coming out of the uh, indoor. And I looked at him, and I go, that's Dalton Rodriguez, isn't it? And you're like, yeah. Dalton Rodriguez, like, everyone, oh, he made plays in the spring. Like, why isn't he a bigger factor? Dalton Rodriguez has not gained a single pound since he was in high school. Yeah. Like, he looked... I'm I don't bi- want to be too harsh because he's a walk-on. Th- I'm bigger than Dalton Rodriguez. We all are. We yeah. all have bigger stomachs, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> bigger butts. But, I mean, Dalton Rodriguez, like, dude, lift some weights. I mean, eat some pudding. Like, put on some weight. I think he's got talent, but I think that right there shows you the kid has not put in. I mean, we can criticize Jeffrey Mead. Jeffrey Mead gets on the field, but he hasn't put on a pound. I mean, yeah. maybe it's a Tulsa Union thing. Well, what's but yeah, scary, stop asking about Dalton Rodriguez, too. So. They wanted Rodriguez to be a tackle when yeah. he originally committed to that, OU all those years ago. Looking at him now, that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, that is. That's a good point, Joe. That's crazy. He would have never been able to. Never. Like, he is, like, smaller than Caleb Gastelum when he was the walk-on starter for them. Wow. He looks like a manager, like a really tall manager. He looks like a basketball player. Yeah. So there's no way that he's getting on the field. Let's just should we just go down the <laughs> roster and just X out everyone that any any of the fans and subscribers want to ask us about? Like we could literally do that. It's like, like the Devin Dream Crushers Mc- podcast. Like, yeah. like <laughs> Devin Montgomery, no one had ever heard of him, and like he gets in the on the field and, and scores a touchdown his first play, and then everybody's like, "Oh, we love Devin Montgomery." Like who the hell is Devin Montgomery? <laughs> oh, just wait for them to have a uh, a bad quarter. On uh, Thursday night, uh, you know Joe Mixon can't break one loose or something. There will be somebody on the board out there that, or somewhere that that thinks that Devin Montgomery is a better option. I could see that breaking news. He's is not. this going to open up like a whole thing, like for everyone that saw some of these kids playing high school? Like Devin Montgomery is from Leben, Leben, Leonardtown, Maryland. Leonardtown, Maryland is where he's from. Is this going to turn into I saw his El McIntyre in high school? And he's a lot better than Devin Montgomery. He needs to be playing. I, I understand that a little, though. I think I was that guy back when I was a member on the board about <laughs> Bo Blankenship at Norman North. Josh, you got to see this guy with your own eyes. And I mean, That was you all those years that, ago, that Joe? Was, I remember some that, of those. That was me, yeah. That, and, you know, Bo was a great running back, but he ended up at Ohio. You know. Absolutely. Like, and, and that's – people don't understand, like, the difference between a good back at Ohio and a – like, especially – for most people, it's just the numbers. Like, he's putting up 2,000 yards, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, the difference between that and Joe Mixon in high school wasn't that great. Statistically, I'm going to bet you they're pretty comparable. But when you put on the tape and you kind of know what you're looking at, 
it's it's just different. And then when you especially when you see those guys in person, I mean, Joe, you've yeah. seen Joe, oh, yeah. and you know you've been around him with with all the OU stuff, and you were around Bo plenty. Those are not. <laughs> people created the same dna code they're, they're different very species. different human beings yeah the, 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 it, you don't i said this when i started working with you guys we started going to camps and stuff i remember the first camp i went to i was almost in awe I was like, man look at all these great athletes and i think both of you two both or all three of you two t said ah just wait just wait till we get to atlanta and wait till you do the five-star challenge and then you'll really start seeing what some great well, athletes it's look like, like. these it's are like, just a bunch of white kids from kansas city i <laughs> went through this with people in the media, like uh, Stephen Parker and uh, Dylan uh, Stoner, who, di- no the the safety for Tulsa Union, Dylan Harding, Dylan oh, Harding, Harding yeah, yeah. who is now out Jeez of kid. out of football, but Dylan Harding had monstrous stats compared to Stephen Parker, and I remember Bill Haston of the Tulsa World, like basically, and, and we work together now at the Sports Channel, but. We didn't then. He like comes up to me in the press box one game, and he's like, I want you to tell me why Stephen Parker has all these offers and, and Dylan Harding doesn't, because Dylan Harding's a better player. I was like, well, he's a better high school player, but Stephen Parker's ceiling is much higher. And it, it, it really was hard. He was a guy that watched, he's watched football his entire life. And you know, we talk about it now and laugh about it, but that's a perfect example for me of... You know, a kid can be a great high school player. I mean, I think it, I think Charlie Kolar will be able to be a good college football mm-hmm. player. Uh, he's 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 getting to be a better high school football player because of the way they're using him at Norman North. But is he? Would he be a great player at Oklahoma? I don't know. Josh, the the first thing that I'm thinking about now is uh, a couple weeks back you quoted a Max Preps uh, tweet, and it was talking about like the top three. I forget if it was the top three players at each position or what what it was, but it was like I think you quoted it and said something to the effect of this is the difference between really really good high school players and a four and a five star kid. Do you yeah, remember, do you remember was, what uh, I'm talking I, about? I think the yeah, it was the top three statistical guys uh, like passing touchdowns, rushing yardage, and like receptions. And I literally went through the database, and they're all three in areas that you know, especially. Guys putting up those kind of numbers, if they were big-time prospects, rivals would know about them. These weren't guys from, like, you know, nowhere Idaho that maybe we just didn't see. Mm-hmm. These were guys from, like, Los Angeles, Pittsburgh, you know, places where scouts go. I don't think any of the three of them were even in the rivals' database. That I mean, and, and they were all seniors in high school. And, you know, I did a little look at you – know, I did s- some research on each of them. And it was, you know, they're looking at Bethlehem or, you know, like stuff like that that's – that's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting down the small schools to these kids. I think those are great deals. But at the same time, people don't understand the difference between being a great player and being a great prospect. It's not the same thing. The six foot, 250 pound defensive tackle may be a great player, and he may be a better player than Marvin Wilson is right now. But Marvin Wilson is 6'3, 330 pounds. And is still figuring out what he's doing on the football field. Mm-hmm. When he when he knows all the things that you know, he's going to be a lot lot better than you are. <laughs> Just based on the video that uh, that that I cut up that you shot from Friday night, it looks like he's starting to figure it out a little bit. He, he that was as dominated as I've seen twice him. last year, and I've seen him now twice this year. And you were with me that first game, Eddie. He's. He's just gone to a different level, man. I mean, he's really unblockable. And I was and I was joking. Uh, our old buddy Brian Peroni was there, 
and we were talking about the the center that he was lined up against, who was probably 5'10", 2'10", maybe. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what did he think? Because this was their last game. Houston Christian, the team Wilson was playing, it was their last game of of their season for the seniors, obviously their career. Yeah, that's crazy. And you're like, what is he thinking? Like, knowing all week long, I've got to face this guy. And it was from snap one, like Marvin – it was like swatting a fly. Like he, the kid was not stopping him. He wasn't slowing him down. Marvin was just there. Was a small speed bump before he got to the quarterback. Well, he's in good company. Marvin Wilson's done that to a lot of people. And he's one of those guys when you watch him and, and it, when those clips you're talking about are just unbelievable. He's one of those people you watch him play and you start to think, is he playing against freshmen? Is this like a JV clip? Who is he playing against? And then when you realize he's actually playing against some decent competition, you're thinking, wow. I mean, you can't believe that there are human beings like that. Am I the only one that thinks it's really strange, too, that however high school is in Houston already done with their season? It's November 1st. Well, t- in their case, they're a private school. So, uh, so it's a little they bit play different. a little different schedule. Like, yeah, the, the, and I think if I remember right, maybe this was no, because they're always planned to be this uh, off this week because this is the the private school league that they play that pretty much runs between Dallas and Houston. Their championship game is this weekend. Josh, can I? So, go ahead. I was just going to ask, since you were there um, watching Marvin Wilson play, did you get any kind of feel, any new buzz around his recruitment, what's going on there? What what kind of things did you come out of that hearing about Marvin Wilson? I'm curious to know. Well, I talked to a few people, and one that I thought was uh, seemed very well connected. You know, I, I, I talked with his mom a little bit, but obviously, you know, you don't, She's watching her son. She's not trying to talk too much about that kind of stuff. But I talked to a few people, and like I said, one that I thought really was pretty tuned into what was going on. And the two that came up were Ohio State and Florida State. But it came with the same thing I've been talking about for months. I don't see Marvin going that far away from from his brother and his mother. And that's something – that's not for me. That That's literally this source talking to me. And so then, again, we, we keep coming back to that same stuff. Who, who's he going to stay by that's close, that has a good, steady coaching situation? Like, there, there's there's no one that he's been serious about, save for A&M and OU, and his serious, I guess the seriousness of his interest in A&M has been highly debatable for a long time. And I got to think, having a coach, if you're Oklahoma, you have a coach, the dynamic guy in Calvin Thibodeau from Houston, I just kind of think that that and it's I think if anything just Oklahoma still being in the discussion after he visited the Ohio State game I think it's probably good that Ohio State now doesn't look like some unbeatable you know world changing team and they they've kind of come back down to earth Florida State has not had a great season they got killed by Louisville uh, they did it does seem like they're riding the ship a little bit uh, but I mean. Ohio State and Florida State are probably the only other teams outside of the SEC right now that can boast about how many guys they're sending to the league. And that's probably the only advantage that they have. And, I mean, remember, he was there last weekend when he saw Florida State lose to Clemson. So, I mean, now, obviously, Florida State played a a good game. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, you're starting to wonder if schools aren't going to allow him around. Um, But, yeah, I mean, and I know the other big one of the schools we're talking about, he'll visit Ohio State for the Michigan game. (laughs) So, you know, there's a pretty good chance that he'll watch him lose in that game, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I've kind of started this thing because there's so few guys left to cover anymore where I'll see a game on, like, I think Thursday night it was um, 
uh, Cal and USC, and I'm like, guys, pull for Cal on this one. There, there's a few guys that USC could, you know, affect OU's recruiting on. So pull for Cal. You know, in that game, people, I don't care if you don't like Jim Harbaugh, root for Michigan. There's almost no connection to Michigan and OU recruiting. There is several guys that Ohio State and OU are involved with. I don't know how any person can breathe that's breathing right now could pull for Urban Meyer over Jim Harbaugh. And I, I'm not much of a Harbaugh fan Is it either. just because he brought a glove to the game the other night? No, I, I'm saying I like Harbaugh over Urban Meyer. I'd cheer for they're Harbaugh's both, they're team. They're both awkward dudes. Yeah, but at least Harbaugh, I Harbaugh's at least a little bit real. I feel like Urban Meyer is just such a, a fake guy. I almost said a cuss word, but don't say the f word. I almost did. I will. I will. You will make me go back. There are going to be no <laughs> f words on this podcast. You'll make me edit for the first time. Dad's going to punish us. He's going to. You'll sit out the next podcast. I will Daddy, pull this out. podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I think that's enough Marvin Wilson discussion for one podcast. Um, this question came up. Uh, Jay Marthers, he said, is that Blankenship kid from Notre Dame on the team or not? And to be honest with you, I haven't thought about Grant Blankenship since the start of the season. And Josh, you've got information on him, I know, lately. Yeah, for, I, I, and to be fair to a couple of our posters, uh, a guy named Hemingstein, notably, He's asked me about him in the chat for, I don't know, about a month. And I keep saying, oh, I need to do that. I need to do that. And I just kept forgetting. And I finally, there was a thread started even before this one where they asked about it. And so I checked in with a few people. And you said you haven't thought about Grant Blankenship before, uh, since the start of the season. That's pretty much what I got from the people I talked to as well. That, that he hasn't, I, I think he was there for like a week to 10 days and then was gone again. Um, the rumor I heard is he's now at Houston. So it, it just – when the kid's gone to three schools in a matter of years, it just – at some point, it's not the schools. Like something's going on with him. I, you know, and he may be a great kid. It may be something around him. He may – it could be any of 100 things that are not his fault. But something's going on, and it's not continuously these schools are a problem. I'm thinking of examples of guys that have done that and been successful, and the one that jumps to mind is Randy Moss. And that's because he has Randy Moss type talent. Is there anybody else that just kind of struggled to find a place, and then when, once they did, they they really excelled? I can't think of anybody else, but but Randy Moss. You know what it is? It's like it's the it's the Jenny McCarthy syndrome. It's like no matter how crazy she is, she's still hot, and guys still marry her. It's it's a uh, Joe likes this. It's the only it's the old saying, you know. No matter how attractive somebody is, there's somebody out there who's tired of their their stuff yeah i'm not gonna cuss on the podcast either so you know it doesn't matter how good you are at football at some point you can there's always a everybody last straw. thinks that they'll be the ones that turn this kid around you know if he's had issues at another school if you have enough talent everyone thinks that they can be the ones to to straighten him out i just want for one time a coach to come out and just be like yeah that kid's a piece of piece of work it's not gonna work out anywhere just i want to i'm sure there are some kids like that i mean I just want to see a coach come out and say that, though, after the a kid problem leaves. Is, the problem is, as long as a school, it's kind of like what happened with, uh, I don't remember the kid's name, the kid that went from Boise to uh, Baylor, the rapist. Oh. Uh, it's like like Boise State covered up what had happened. You chow, uh, it's, it was remember, a weird name. Remember Art Briles, you watch a coup and yeah, something, something like that. Like but remember Art Briles and Chris Peterson got in that back and forth about, well, they didn't tell us anything, and Art Briles... 
was like, oh, we didn't talk to them at all. And Chris Peterson was like, no, we told them exactly what he did. Here. Yeah. That was, oh, and I, I guess that was before the uh, the rest of the world knew that Art Bryles is a disgusting human. Yeah, that was that was the start of it. That was the start of the Baylor scandal, was that kid coming from Boise State. So, I, I mean, if you, it's just like, people would have given Joe Mixon another chance wherever he went. Yeah. yeah it would have, and it would have been a big school. Yep, the people gone to UCLA. Yeah, the people that wanted Joe Mixon to leave Oklahoma, he wouldn't have gone to the streets. There would have been every single college football program in the country would have welcomed him in. You think he would have gone to UCLA, Josh? That's my thought. I mean, because they were clearly the school that gave him the most thought, you know, coming down to his decision day. And really even, you know, as we know, even in the following weeks leading up to signing day, UCLA was the school. And from everything I, I – Almost immediately when that stuff came out and it was clear that OU was going to have to punish him, I was getting calls from like, is OU going to, you know, is OU going to get let loose of him? Like people from the Los Angeles area that would have interest in that conversation. That was during a stretch when the Oklahoma coaching staff, I know for a fact, was not happy with UCLA. They did not like that staff and they did not like what was going on. And I think that's around when Waraboko and that kind of stuff was going on too. Well, how could you not like uh, or I mean, the, the UCLA has it going right now, though. Uh, Jim Mora, another just a, exceptional coaching job this season. <laughs> what yeah. a joke of a program that is. Jim Mora Jr. is a he's a great a loser in my book. It is. I mean, that that's a program that's just like cursed. I mean, they I don't even what's the guy's name? The old guy that was there when Troy Aik, was Troy Aikman's coach. Oh, uh Jerry, uh, uh, Donahoe, 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 Don- Terry. Terry, Terry, Terry Donahoe. Terry. Yeah. Like he's, he was just a very average coach out there and he's seen like, Oh, he's one of our greatest coaches ever. It's just like, no, that's not what greatness is. It's like you're UCLA. Look across the, look across yeah. the street. That's greatness. Pete Carroll is greatness. Like, you know, and they've struggled ever since he's left, but you can do so much better. You said, I mean, it would be bad for OU if they were doing better. I mean, it's, yeah. OU is the beneficiary of oh, yeah. UCLA. They really are. That's a great point. We talked to. We so, had, yeah, keep on keeping Jim Moore out, Jr. out there, and everything will be fine around these parts. Eddie and I were around Drew Samia at practice yesterday. Funny thing is, they lose that one kid from Oklahoma goes there. That's true. <laughs> yeah. but, but Eddie and I were talking to Drew Samia yesterday, who was considering UCLA, and he's a California guy, but he's from Northern California. And the question kind of came up you know, you know why'd you come to Oklahoma from where you did? And. Did you, did you want to say because I'm too dumb to go to Stanford? Well, that's that's what you just said. I'm not going to say I'm that. not. Drew's not dumb. Yeah, I don't think he's dumb at all. Every, I'm too dumb to go to Stanford. Yeah, I'm too dumb to go to Stanford. I, I probably would have got into Stanford. I played at one school. My point is that Drew said that, that, that you know, L.A. is still a long ways away from someone from Northern California. And coming to Oklahoma, he felt a tradition that he didn't feel anywhere else on his visits on the West yeah, Coast. Yeah, people go to the games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen the Rose Bowl when they're playing like, you know? It's just a different world. Arizona when they're playing Cal yeah. last weekend. Can it's you terrible. I'm sorry, USC Coliseum. But if they filled if they somehow became a program that was a national powerhouse, if they ever found a coach to be the guy at UCLA and they f- filled the Rose Bowl somehow, there, that's I thought that was a great point by Kerry. Oklahoma has been a beneficiary of a lot of UCLA's mediocreness. And I, I do this. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. I make great points. Uh, okay. Right, do we have Do we have any more questions from the board? Oh, we have lots more questions. Uh, I think we probably need to. God, shut up, computer. 
Uh, we probably need to switch it because we're running out of time here to team oh, stuff. Uh, but OU going to Ames this weekend. We did all the media yesterday. Uh, just, I'll throw it to you, Eddie and Joe. What was the most interesting discussion you had this week? Uh, in one day. I mean, it was just a weird day just because it was everything was just in one day, as mm -hmm. you said. But uh, I'd probably say the most interesting thing, gosh, off the top of my head would probably be, I don't know, just probably Lincoln Riley and talking about this has kind of been something that he's gone through before in preparing yeah, I a game that was plan. Really cool too. Yeah. Uh, I think he said they East three Carolina, days, three times. Three he times. said they played either Thursday or Friday, and games. that's important. I think uh, I he think, said he went through his notes. Yeah, he had old notes from from those. what and remembered kind of what he did that was good and bad, and the whole staff kind of looked yeah. at it, which is. That's, I mean, Iowa State does, but Matt Campbell might have done that some at Toledo. Toledo's played on, they, they played play on Tuesday and Wednesday, Wednesday night. Wednesday yeah. night. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure they, they have a history with that. But, yeah, that's invaluable to have a guy on your staff that's been through this stuff. I think more than anything, it's, you know, going into this game Thursday night is that, you know, OU goes in a three-touchdown three favorite. It's just more about showing up, having some type of, sense of purpose i guess and being there carrying over your defense from what you did against kansas even though it was kansas uh i think the offense will be fine they're gonna they're gonna do what they've done the last couple weeks i'm gonna tell you this and joe you can chime in here uh, but it it was kansas so i'm not trying to get anybody excited i'm not getting excited about it but they were so good in the second half on defense it makes me question if that game in Lubbock was the absolute worst effort ever given by an OU football team on a on a college football field on defense. I mean, the other one that jumps immediately to mind was that first drive of the second half against Baylor in 2011 mm -hmm. when they ran a bunch of curls down the field and the whole crowd's booing, you know, Mike Stoops and Julian Wilson. That but 2014 or 20 But, but that that's was that 20, 14 24 yeah. was that That was the 8 and 5 year. That was the Russell Athletic Walmart sweatpants. Wow. Mm -hmm. It was that close. I mean, that's still those are the, those are the two games that come to mind where that happened. But what's crazy about these Mike Stoops? But defenses, even that Baylor game, I mean, people were tackling, people were yeah. running around. I mean, you had a game at, in Lubbock where Jordan Evans, who just had a pick six, that you know he's better than that, and everybody wanted him replaced with another player. Everybody wanted, and some people still want Ahmad Thomas replaced because he had a terrible game. Jordan Thomas had a terrible game. I mean, Jordan Thomas, his game wasn't so bad that he was just getting beat. He just wasn't anywhere in the vicinity, and that's so unlike him. And it's something we talked about on last week's podcast where we said, you know, there's this clamor to get young guys in, which we all understand. Um, if you're going to play bad, might as well play bad young. But we said if you're going to play really well, if you're going to have an elite, or not even elite, but a really good defense, you're going to need Ahmad Thomas, you're going to need Jordan Evans, and you're going to need Jordan yeah. Thomas. You're going to need those guys to play well. They're the best chance you have. Right. I know everybody, the answer to everything is replace this guy. If you don't like what you're seeing, replace this guy. There's a better answer. They're, they're, the, the better answer is get that guy that's played four years to play better because he's more capable than some new guy. There was definitely a, I don't know if it was a conversation in the locker room, I don't know what it what what it was but there was a, a flip that was switched and i don't know if it, it might have just been simply being flat out embarrassed pride. i think it was i think yeah. it was just pride yeah because you don't have to you don't have to be the best player to run hard to get to where you no. need to be and that no. that was very evident that's what they did against kansas and 
what they didn't do against Texas Tech. I, I thought the Evans pick six was just so telling. The way he ran after he got the ball, you could tell he wanted to get into the end zone for more than just that play, more than just those six points. It was almost like a vindication from the last week. I mean, he ran literally all over the field to make sure he got into the end zone. And it's almost like you, you almost felt like the OU crowd was excited and happy for him, but then there's also this sense of, Let's see that effort every week. Where yeah. was that last week? And you know what's what's crazy about this game coming up uh, Thursday night is I am legitimately excited. Like the hype train is rolling so hard for Dee Westbrook right now. Like I'm actually excited to see what he does next. Yeah, and I can't say that I felt that way about a player. I mean, Sterling Shepard a little bit, and then he got hurt in that Iowa State game, and then he just wasn't the same. But then you kind of got used to him. But I don't – I mean, Adrian Peterson, I mean, maybe. But what he's doing is just unprecedented. It's in that Adrian Peterson level of when he touches it, you kind of hold your breath, right? I mean, you, you, you yeah. don't know if he's going to score because he might. The thing that I, I mean, think – maybe Samaj P. Ryan a little bit when he gets going. Yeah. You're just like, I can't wait to see what Mick, he's going to do Mixon and P. Ryan time. both can be like that when they get going. The most amazing thing with Didi, though, is is it's not the the deep ball. I mean, obviously, the deep ball is amazing, and he, and Baker's doing a great job of getting him, uh, getting one out there for him to uh, kind of run under. But those little screen stuff, that when he, like, hits the that that – that little the speed, push, the burst, yeah, the burst is that's unbelievable. That's something I that haven't, I haven't seen, seen. No, I mean it's, and everybody's so fascinated. Like you get like Dean and Algie. What's his forty time? Like you get so fascinated with forty time. There is forty time. I mean, like, like Darren Sproles. I'm sure he has a nice forty time, mm-hmm. but he has a little burst that other football players don't have. Didi kind of has that same thing. There's football speed and there's track speed. And Didi has some of the best football speed. Josh, I don't know if you know you want to chime in here, but he to me he has some of the best football see, speed I've ever seen. I, I agree completely. You know, you get one of those favorite scouting terms is he's quicker than fast. And in Didi's case, it's right. He just happens to run a four four. Like I mean, like he's still quicker than he is fast, but he can fly. But that first, you guys talked about the little screens. The play that just left me blown away was the the toss to him where he was supposed to throw and then he took the runoff yeah. on like third and 16, a play he had no business. He had no business, business getting down to the one-yard line. Yeah, and, and he goes for like 25. I mean, it that was unbelievable. And again, like you said, it was just when he puts his foot in the ground and explodes the next two steps, I mean, that's the stuff like when you talk about player and a prospect, you know, you'll have people, oh, I'm, you know, I knew a kid that made a play like that in high school. No, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. Like that. The well, that's stuff the thing. Like you will doing, see. It's just. It's it's. I, I I've said it several times. I literally think this the stretch in the month of October is the best any receiver I've ever seen play at OU has played. You'll see people make plays like this. Like it, this kind of stuff translates to a high school field. You see that every weekend, Josh. But when that when you're doing it in college, it really is something just miraculous. The because mo- go ahead, Josh. Even if you no, know, I mean, and I'll be real quick. Even if people want to bag on Kansas's talent, that's fine. Those are still really good. Those guys would have been the best player on any high school team you played against. Yeah, and, and some of them would be the he's best. Still player. embarrassing them. And a lot of those guys are the best players that their high schools have had in thirty years. Yeah, I mean, those are they're not OU guys, but they're still very, very good football players. I remember Jake Love went there a few years ago, and he was a great linebacker out of Ponca City. Oh yeah. 
I mean, I Tonkwa, or Tonkwa. Tonkwa. Yeah, he, I mean, you, they get really good high school football players. You're to gonna go get there. letters yep. over that. I know people from Tonkawa. Is Tiffany's from Ponca? They're very, they're very defensive about their football. I've been to a Tonkawa Class A state championship game, like circa so Tonkawa 2000. Tonkawa and Kawita, those those are two big rivals. No, it's Tonkawa and uh, uh, where Rogers is from, Ulaga. No, uh, he's talking about uh, Mark uh, Black, uh, Black, uh, Blackwell. 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 Yeah. Uh, am I crazy to think that? And this was a conversation that was brought up during the press conference on uh, Monday and yesterday. Is I don't think it's even close that DD is faster than Mark Clayton. Is that just crazy that I'm kind of living in the moment? Mark Clayton was much more of a violent cutter. Okay, like he was he was very explosive, putting his foot in the ground. Uh, he he wasn't a guy that would just blow you away with sp- his speed, although people wouldn't catch him. I yeah, mean, he ran a four four one at the NFL Combine. Yeah, I mean, it, I would say they're very similar. I would say that Mark Clayton could run more routes than Didi runs and run them more. That's crisply. probably fair. Yeah, I, I think Didi's clearly a faster guy, especially on tape. You know, Joe, you talk about that four four one like. That feels like Mark trained really well and then went out and ripped a good 40 yeah, at the, the combine. Thing, like, yeah. I don't remember seeing him and thinking, boy, that guy could push four threes. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, he could run, but I don't remember him being that kind of guy. Didi, like, you watch him, and if, if even if people have an angle on him, you're like, they won't, he won't catch him. Like, you know he won't. He's just that fast. And uh, I agree with, like, but you also have to remember, Didi will go to the combine and probably weigh, what, 185 wet? Yeah, and tops. Mark was 200, 205. I mean, Mark was a big, sturdy guy by the time he left. He became a possession receiver uh, as a veteran in the NFL as he stayed on. And I remember having a good year in St. Louis with uh, Sam Bradford as more of a kind of a possession first down receiver. And D.D. Westbrook, to me, though, he has that – it's it's a kind of an overuse thing, but he really has an extra gear. I mean, you actually see him – turn up about 10 15 yards when he gets on the move that he kicks it into another gear and i mean safeties and defensive backs almost look like they're in slow motion which is ridiculous because you're, you're watching some of the fastest people in the country look slow compared to dd westbrook and it, it's impressive i and, mean that's I, and i'll say this tell me what you guys think i know i said this in my 10 thoughts following the game it's not ridiculous to put him in the heisman consideration now to put him in the talk he's definitely to me and I was looking at the, the early this morning. I was looking. I think uh, the uh, uh, Bolitnikov list was sent out through email like early this morning or yesterday. So I was looking at it. I mean, I I got to be honest. I, I Josh, you're probably a better judge of this. You probably get to watch more college football than I do, just because I'm covering a team on Saturday. Like this last Saturday was great. It was the first home you know night game that really had a lot of games on I could watch. So I watched Oklahoma State and West Virginia. I've seen a lot of James Washington. I think he's he's one of the best receivers in the country. Uh, I think Dede's right up there. The Big 12 actually has some some really good receivers. The uh, Gibson kid from West Virginia, I don't know where he really ranks. I mean, I know he's explosive. Yeah, Shelton Gibson. Uh, There's Kate, Katie I don't know Kane what his Baylor. numbers are like. KD's... He, I don't think he could be considered just because he's been injured so much. He's missed so many games this year. Um, their passing game just isn't the same this year. It no, they've been getting great. bigger plays from their uh, dog beater than they have KD, it seems like. Imagine that. What's another, his name? Another great call by the uh, Baylor. By the way, I saw the most 
is so bizarre. Like Wendell Barnhouse doesn't work for the Big Twelve. He used to be kind of like their writer. I love. Did you see that? I love. Uh, he took his, a shot at that dude. He's a great Twitter follow because he gives zero f's about anything. Like, he, well, he's been under that Big Twelve umbrella where you have to be like, you know. You, you can't say anything controversial. He's getting it all out, man. <laughs> he is great. He is a great Twitter He's just, now just an old guy that's enjoying Twitter and enjoying throwing shade at people. I love Wendell. I, I actually produced Wendell for a Big 12 baseball uh, postgame show. And uh, all the people, you know, the people, on, we call them the talent, the people in front of the camera want to be super prepared. They want all this stuff. I said, all right, Wendell, here's your rundown. Here's your stats. He said, I don't want any of that business. He just sat up there by himself, and you, he just kind of sat there and said, all right, just whenever you call me, I'll have something to say. just keep your stat chub to yourself, young man. Yeah, that's probably what he said. I think he had a flip phone, too, which with an antenna <laughs> that he pulled out. <laughs> I bet he did. I, th- I think he had an antenna he pulled out, and I was like, oh, like, Wendell Barnhouse is true to himself. If you ever wonder what Wendell Barnhouse is, he's exactly like what he looks like. Yeah, he does look like he, he would be at home like in Dodge City when they just had dirt roads. He's a good guy. I like uh, him. Yeah, he's great. Um, we're about running out of time here. We did have one question I think we need to address. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think it's the best question. Ask. And look, I understand we've gotten a ton of questions, and we really appreciate it. Um, we're not going to be able to get to them all. Some of them are kind of big picture questions that we just don't have time to get to, but they're really good topics, and, and I need to uh, come back to this thread. And check it out. For I was going to say podcast. recruiting. I'll go in and answer what what hadn't been okay. what we didn't get to cover. Uh, but this is <laughs> one of my favorite posters for a better or worse. JH eighty one. He wants to know: Do Carrie and Eddie have an open fart relationship on road trips, or do you still sneak them out? Before before Eddie answers, I'm going to tell you: Eddie has an open fart relationship. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know what my farts smell like, and they are not the smells that I'm smelling when all of a sudden the the atmosphere changes. Sometimes you just got to roll down the window for a minute. But you don't. You just fart and pretend like you didn't. Yeah. It'd be better if you just if if you just announce it. I gotta be honest. I mean, this is this is like the guy version of you know peeing in front of the other one. If you're a, a real couple, a male female couple. And I definitely will have a open door relationship when I get married, but. I guess that's a different question. Will you? Oh, yeah. You'll take a wife? Yeah. One take you? I hope. <laughs> I hope. Will you let the open door policy be known before the wedding or after? I only oh, know. I don't know. I only know of a couple of Eddie crushes, so I kind of feel like I don't really know his type. There was a good one this summer, but it came crashing down pretty hard at the uh, five star. Man, Josh. <laughs> it was a, a reporter in the network? No. <laughs> we will have I, to go into that. We can't one even talk day. about it. <laughs> wow! Oh, it was fantastic. Heartbreaking. Now Heart I'm really breaking. intrigued. You got to give Who a teaser. Was you you know about it. You have to give a teaser. I know how, about Eddie. It. How much can we put out there and not? Get I don't into, think uh, any of it. Yeah. Well, I know Anna Kendrick has been a crush. She's really hot. Mm, there was another one. one recently that surprised me. I can't remember who it was. It wasn't like a Game of Thrones chick or anything. No. But Anna Kendrick has me going down that artsy road for Eddie now. Like, I'd never pictured Eddie quite that way. It's she's all, just you really, always have to... She's just really good looking. Your, yeah. Your, your couples that last always have to be weirdly matched. That's what True. I've learned in I 40 years that, yeah. of life. Yeah, I can go for that. 
By the way, Joe's wife did his man bun for him yesterday. That's true. Before and, the press and, conference. And Ken, I walked up to him and I said, wow, the man bun is awfully tight today. And Joe was proud to announce, yeah, my wife did it for me. Yeah, I got a compliment on it and I wanted to give my wife some credit. Right? That's what you do. It's, it's a new world, Carrie. Wives can do man buns on their husbands. It's can I just say world. this? Like, I went to get my candy yesterday at like 7 o'clock after practice, which, by the way, it was like Black Friday at CVS. I mean, the line stretched <laughs> out the store. Everybody was hurrying to get their candy. I was just glad they had some left. Definitely. What is it about, like, young people... Joe, you're the perfect person to ask this. Like, I don't like the earthy cologne smells that are going on out there right now. Are there, are there earthy cologne smells? It's very, like... It, not really woodsy, but it's it's very kind of. Um, Josh, what are those sticks that they they lit? You're older. Incense, oh, incense. Oh. Yeah, very incense based cologne uh-huh. going on these days. Well, if you're close oh, to campus, you that this? might just be like marijuana smell. Yeah, have you just, noticed? Might, might just be that might just be burnt it marijuana. It really is. It really does seem kind of marijuana. I've 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 said this before. I have never smoked weed. I'm not opposed to it. I would do it. But I've never done it. I just grown up Baptist and all that stuff is hard enough for me to be an alcoholic. That's all I can handle right now, just being an alcoholic. <laughs> I don't want to also be a weed head. Um, but, well, I yeah, mean, I mean, maybe to answer your question, is yeah. there some cologne like that is, is that like a thing now? I like think, cologne that smells like weed? Eddie might be right. I mean, young people smoke weed at a higher rate than ever before. And it's true. Josh, might- have you noticed this phenomenon? I can't say that I have. Um, so maybe it's but, just I mean, weed. It might be. <sighs> or, you know, some incense that they had going when they were doing the deed that just kind of lingered with I'm them. I'm going to be honest here, Joe. Last time you were here for a podcast, I smelled it on you. Really? You smelled oh. incensey. Incensey? Well, and I just thought to myself, God, I hate it when other people come to my house. <laughs> P-test. <laughs> P-test. Uh, we have uh, incense for sure. We do candles and incense. We had like five candles going last night. We're we're very you're uh, very yeah. I can see. Oh that. Yeah. yeah, we well, Barry White. <laughs> yeah, that that's what was happening. It also saves on the electric bill. I won't lie. <laughs> it's not a bad. Joe lives like right on campus in this. It's did you paint your house that way or did the land was it that? No, way it was that way when we got there. We're actually looking right now at at painting. We're we're doing that step right now. Are you gonna make it look like a? Six-year-old's house. A six-year-old's? Yeah, like it was like purple and yellow. You should put a Sooner Scoop uh, wrap around it like a car. All right, I can do that. I'm not paying for that. (laughs) By the way, we did did just paint a room purple, just so you know. Well, that's fine, like plum or like really bright purple. It's like the the friend. That feels like news is on the way. Like friends, you know, like the friends room, their apartment, that kind of purple. Are you impregnating your wife right now? Uh huh. Not, not at the I, moment. I, I think Joe's ready to break some news on the Scoop podcast. That sounds awful. Joe, we're <laughs> going to have to let you go. I don't want to deal with the kid. I what? don't want to deal with being responsible for someone that has a kid. We've already got one of those on Sooner Scoop. Yeah, like, if this thing goes down, I'm responsible for Laney not getting a toy. I feel like See, we, all, now, we all live now, vicariously as through the, Josh. As the other married man, I have to ask Joe a question that goes back to the start of this whole thing. When Carrie complimented you about the man bun, Joe, how long did it take you before you relayed that compliment to the missus? Oh, I told her right when I got home. Immediately. Exactly. Right when I got exactly. home. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's that's what that's the and Joe, and maybe you don't know it yet. That's the whole reason you gave her credit. So that you could go home and win brownie points because I told him, honey, I told him it was you. You did that. I didn't outkick my coverage for nothing, Josh. Hey, hey, I'm with you. That's fine. We know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. 
Joe, I just I I can all of a sudden between you two and your talk here, I can see that uh, I can hear that Lonely Island song in my head. You know what I'm talking about? I just had the sex. Acon <laughs> yeah, the Acon one. And it feels she put so a bag good. on my head. Still counts. <laughs> I know I have that on my computer somewhere. Josh can't hear it though, so it doesn't matter. All right, uh, I think that's enough. I think we've we've. It's a short week. Yeah, we're over a minute, an hour ten, so we're done. Uh, we're heading to Des Moines tomorrow, and which we will then go to Ames. Eddie has a big game tonight. Jake Arrieta is on the mound. I think I'm, I'm going to start you. drinking after this. Are you? Yeah, you I should am. probably do that. It's almost half. I assume you already had. Eddie has promised that he's going to drink on the plane all day tomorrow. I, I'm if there's see a game if seven tomorrow seat. night, I'm I will be having a screwdriver in the morning. Oh, a good altitude drunk. That's yeah, hard Eddie's to not going to have to drive all day tomorrow because I'm going to pick him up after the radio show because we're flying out like at 11. So, yeah, you could just start drinking in this the morning be tomorrow. a rocky 48 hours. Make sure you follow. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you win tonight. I really do. I do, too. I do, too. Not just because Saturday. Be... Saturday was just such a dark, dark day in my it's life. It's a good thing it's a, a night game on Thursday because I see you going to bed about 6 a.m. Wednesday night. If they were to win in a game win seven? Win or lose. It could... It would uh, just be happy or, or angry. It could be a really out. fun night in Des Moines if they're playing in game seven tomorrow night. You and uh, Ryan Aber and Bob Prisbillo are all going to watch the game together. You're all Cubs yeah, fans. I think so. That's the plan, yeah. at least. If they lose, Eddie, who are you going to hate? Like, who? I want you to predict the goat, or the I, mm. depending on how you look at the goat. I would say right now it's Baez is trending down for you. Yeah, it probably just depends on how they lose tonight. Like, if Arietta goes out and get lit up tonight, I'll probably hate tweet Jake Arietta tonight. It's probably going to happen. <laughs> so, is he on Twitter? Yeah. I wouldn't mess with that guy either. By the way, dude, he's he could he could play. He knows all he about. Looks like, he looks like Joe if Joe took better care of himself. He knows all about... Uh, we'll never know what that looks he like. He knows all about <laughs> TCU and in Alamo Bulls. Jake Arrieta? Mm-hmm. How so? He went to TCU. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Forget about that. All right. Well, good luck, Eddie. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. everybody listening to the podcast. Make sure you go rate us on uh, iTunes, on uh, Stitcher, on Google Play. Sound, I don't know if you can even rate us on SoundCloud. Uh, but we'll have this out uh, for all you guys. I know I noticed this, and people have, have said something about the audio levels going up and down when they're in their cars. I did kind of notice that when I drove around in my car the other day. So I'm going to try and work on some of that stuff uh, eventually. Uh, so I, I think most of it is just us not talking directly in the microphones at times. So we're trying to do that a little bit more. But uh, I do understand what some of you guys are talking about, so I'll, I'll take a look at that. Uh, make sure if you're not a subscriber, man, go subscribe. Uh, Ten bucks a month, great information, especially this time of year. Uh, we're going to be going all the way through the season, all the way through February, and recruiting, and then summer. Uh, so there's never a bad time to join. But to na- but right now is definitely the perfect time. So, Josh, any last words before we let you go? No, you know it. Like I said, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting next few weeks. I, I think there might be some new offers go out. I think. Especially on the defensive line, you're going to start to see some, excuse me, some things starting to shake out a little bit more. Probably over the course of this next month. We just got through a podcast without a cusser. Shit, uh, don't. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I knew. I was trying to do that. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to have one shit in there, so now we got two. Uh, any predictions, real quick, about uh, Thursday night? Any anyone want to say OU's in trouble? 
I think it's the exact opposite. I think oh, it's going to be yeah. I think it's going to be like sixty to ten. Iowa State's going to limit possessions. Okay, it'll be fifty-five to ten. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I mean I think Oklahoma's going to score fifty to something points, close to sixty. I don't know how that offense slows down. And offense has been good on the road. That's one thing we talked about yeah. this week. You really can't predict that they're going to crater on the road i mean they're they've been great everywhere on would, the road. It, would it be more surprising that the defense is the story as opposed to the like offense a, just having another like they win 24 to 21 no like or like they win everybody's 10 to seven no that like they win 45 to 20 and the defense plays really well look would if they get another if they get another defensive touchdown and special teams touchdown it will be like 50 to 10 or 50 to 17 i'm just kind of interested to see what I don't know. I really don't know what to expect in I do in think Ames. you'll still see the rotations. I know people were asking about that. You'll still see Caleb Kelly, and you won't see Capri to set in the first half because of the yeah, targeting. That, that will be, uh, and if you listen to Mike Stoops' audio from yesterday or the video, watched it on the board, that uh, if somebody were to get hurt early, that's not good news. No. You Especially with avoid Capri to set out. Uh, and I thought it was interesting, too, that, and I know we're going long here, but Mike said that he didn't like Curtis Bolton being on his on a down lineman. Like he was like, Yeah, I saw that and immediately regretted it, basically. <laughs> I immediately regret this decision. Should have called a timeout. Uh no, he shouldn't have. <laughs> All right. That's gonna do it for us. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the unofficial 40. For Josh McQuistion back in his home studio. Uh Eddie Radosovich, Joe Durall, Joe, Joe Durall, Adderall. Uh Joe Duvall. We didn't even talk about Imani Bledsoe, by the way. Uh Joe Duvall. I am Carrie Murdoch. We'll see you guys next time on the Unofficial 40.